Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode number 49 of Inglorious Artists with me, Peter Holland. And we're back after quite a long hiatus. And we've got some exciting episodes coming up in the future. And we're starting off today with a type of artist we haven't had before, really. A scriptwriter. Because today I'm talking to this person. Hi, my name is Johan Nilsson. I'm a producer and screenwriter. I'm currently in the post-production of my first feature film, Among Stars. got this to happen mm. after months and months <laughs> of preparing and uh, all that stuff all yeah. the procrastination yeah there's been a lot of procrastination hasn't there yeah <laughs> it's been one of my more <laughs> difficult guests to get here actually is it yeah oh, and i've had good guests <laughs> <laughs> well it's uh, that's good with corona you can use that as an excuse to procrastinate uh, better it is yeah it's been uh, it's been both Going both ways with the with the Corona crisis situation and the pandemic. Uh, I mean, it's been in one way more difficult to get guests, especially mm. getting guests to actually come here. But it's also been all right. Let's do things uh, remotely then. So oh, okay. let's talk to my contacts in Japan or India and whatever. You know, so it's it's been opening up uh, the situation a little bit. Uh, and we're going to get to how it has affected you in other ways later, I think. Mm. But um, but you're a script <coughs> script writer uh, first and foremost. But you, but you've also been kind of a, a producer lately. Mm. Yeah. Yes. But uh, what I was curious about was uh, when what started for you was the creative writing the first thing, or was the love of movies the first thing, and then you fell into writing? Did you want to make films, and then, oh, writing is the thing? Or was it, I want to write, oh, hey, movies? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Like, I started to make movies when I was nine years old. Okay. Uh, my ma- mom had this benefit at her workplace that she could uh, lend the camera for uh, mm. uh, holidays, but nobody... Uh, used it so she took it home for every weekend and I Mm. made movies Uh, and then that just grew that interest and uh, so uh, and then I started to write when I was about 14 or 15 just stories just a couple of pages Mm. and then I went to uh, a special high school for filmmaking oh yeah and that then we had to try like everything all the roles and we were it was just a random but after that, I went to my to film school when I was twenty one, and that was producer uh, program. Uh, but I I've been writing, I started to write in high school, so it's it's a little bit hard because I it's just like a dynamic kind of thing that mm-hmm. grew in and writing. I always been writing, uh, and producing came because I wanted to go to film school, but I had at that time. My writing wasn't defined mm. for myself, like, mm. so, and I didn't dare to direct. And now I've just realized that I don't want to direct, but that's what mm. every person wants to do, mm. in my opinion. Like when we were in film school, mm-hmm. all the producers yeah. yeah, yeah. started like, "Oh, I want to," and I was like, just moving further, further away that that thought and that yeah. ambition. Because either I that or cinematography, I feel. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and I I have no 
ambitions to be a director no. at all. Okay. Yeah. So writing is my thing, and producing. I went there for two years, and uh, then a couple of years ago, or maybe ten years ago, I listened to this podcast, a mm. film podcast, and then they, they talked about that it's a growing role to be a producer writer. Okay. Uh, in in America. In the indie scene. Yeah. Mm. So that's where that thought starting to grow in me. Like, well, I know how to, I have produced a couple of short films. Mm -hmm. I've been on the mm -hmm. pro producer program and uh, I write. So mm -hmm. why not uh, just do that? What right. did you write before? Was it short stories and things like that? Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It was short stories. Mm. You never wrote a novel or tried to do like a bigger, longer project. Now I'm working on a a, a children's book. Uh, mm. I'm on uh, chapter eight of ten, so I'm I'm trying to finish it now next yeah, yeah. week. But uh, that's the first time I'm uh, I'm trying write books. All right, all right. So okay. my, hopefully it will be a series of books. If mm, if anybody yeah. likes it, yeah, and wants yeah, to pay yeah. for it. It's a very lucrative business. You can be one of the biggest writers in the world if you have a successful children's series. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah, that's what I hope for. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so you don't have like uh, five chapters of a novel lying around? In, no, uh, no. Okay. I don't. So you started, you started writing film scripts pretty early on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think my first uh, short film I wrote when I was 16 years old. Okay. Uh, it was a really pretentious uh, script about death mm. and uh, clowns coming. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> okay. Like I understood Bergman. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was that kind of a guy when I was 16 years old. <laughs> very dark, yeah, very Yeah, moody. very pretentious. Mm. A uh, bit of emo. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I began. But now I'm trying to write more uh, commercial films. Like uh, uh, that's a bit of a shift. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've grown up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. But uh, do you then... still have that death and clowns Bergman thing <laughs> lying around? <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I, I, no, actually, I don't, I don't. Okay, that's a shame. But I, yeah. I wrote it in a old uh, script writing program, just called script writing. <laughs> but that's where it began. Like I always, as I said, I, I was writing, uh, been writing uh, scripts. But I mean, when when I was younger, I, I watched a lot of films. Yeah, a lot of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone films, and mm. and I, I remember I had his action force figures, and I play mm -hmm. the scenes over and over again from yeah, the films. Yeah, yeah. I was just like remaking the, the films, mm. uh, the, all the scenes from the films. Uh, so I think, yeah, I've always been interested in, uh, in films and filmmaking. Mm. And I remember I was very young, I may, maybe seven years, and uh, I was uh, uh, playing with my friend Piotr, and, he, and I, I remember I, I was saying like, I really want to make films when I, I grow up. But I had this image of it. I was like, but it's so, it will be impossible. It's almost been, uh, becoming an astronaut. Mm -hmm. It's that yeah, hard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I had that view of it. Like entering that industry is just impossible because I'm just a middle-class guy. Like, who am I? <laughs> I will never succeed. That's how you're, I thought at it at that At least age. you're middle-class. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but here I am. Yeah, but, th but that's interesting. Did you, like I did, feel like 
because you came from this country, you came from Sweden, and we're not a really big film country, that it was even harder because where we came from and where we... Because everything felt... Basically, the whole world felt very distant to me when I was growing up. Like, mm. it, not everything <clears throat> felt impossible. So, and, and everything that I could be and I could do that felt felt easy or accessible was uninteresting to me. Mm. So I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And then as the world has, in a, wor- in a way, become smaller and smaller after, uh, through that, throughout the years with technology and whatever, um, things have become more and more uh, accessible and seem more and more possible to me. But mm. when I was a kid, it was really hard. So that's one reason I feel like things have been kind of slow in my life mm. to, to get to and realize what I want to do and how I could do it and so on. I, uh, no, I understand. Yeah. Well, I, I knew what I wanted to do pretty early. Mm. So when I was 15, I applied for this uh, high school film, film thingy. Yeah. But did, but did it feel possible? Well, or? at that time it actually did because I, I applied and I thought like, I, I don't want to stay here in my hometown. I really hated that. I hated all the people. Well, uh, when, when I applied, uh, nobody believed that I would get in. Mm. So that's what they told me. And then I, uh, I got in. Uh, and I moved. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like that. So, yeah. so I actually moved. It was on an island. Yeah, so yeah. I moved when I was 16 years old. I moved uh, from home. I, I moved uh, to my own. Uh, uh, it was like a dorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this place we have is called Gotland. Yeah, yeah, Gotland. So um, I went there, and uh, then it just grew the the feeling that I could actually break into the business, and I and I did. Mm. Uh, and I had my internship at a uh, film company here in Malmo called Solid Entertainment. That was my first internship, mm. and they made uh, features. <clears throat> And I know them since. Mm. So I started to work with them on uh, commercials. And f- oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I think that's very important to like get that kind of a contact early on because then you get like a boost mm-hmm. and you, yeah. you have, uh, it's open a door. Uh, yeah, you need your, your, your web, your net, uh, your contacts. It's a lot about who you know. And that is including some kind of mentor probably mm. and uh, i guess you felt like these guys were maybe some kind of mentors in in the business as well yeah yeah absolutely and now they are uh, i have a project now and they are the co-producers also to that project oh yeah 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 it's really important to uh, establish contacts with people mm. for mm. for yourself and also for them because you're also giving them something back yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you want you don't want to be that guy that everybody goes like he's just taking. <laughs> no, exactly. But you've been also working in film in in different ways, like uh, as a team member, as a crew member, basically, in different ways. Uh, yeah. so what, what was that period like, and uh, what did you learn from it, and all all that stuff? Well, it, it was actually a long period where I, was, I I and at the same time I produced short films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, between projects, mm. <clears throat> just a couple, like a handful of uh, short films. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, I started out making coffee at on set, mm. and I did at a couple of uh, productions, and then I started to direct. I don't know how I, I really actually don't remember why. 
I started to work in directing extras. <laughs> but then I okay. was like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy who directed extras, so people started to hire me for that. So you were like a second, second AD all of a sudden, something like that. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I, that's mm. probably the right title, yeah. Mm. And uh, I really hated it. But it was, I mean, <laughs> of course, you get the experience from everything. And I had yeah. also like a camera assistant uh, uh, changing lenses. Mm. And stuff like that. So, uh, and I've been working uh, a lot on the production uh, office, like during production. So, mm. I've been working with uh, production managers and production coordinators and producers. So, I, uh, yeah, I got a lot of experience being on set and also like how to plan a film. Oh yeah, yeah, um, a lot of scheduling and all yeah, that things. Yeah, yeah, and that have helped me a lot. Super interesting, super uh, good skill to have. Yeah, because you need to. Do, uh, uh, Know how to do that when you make a budget too, like mm -hmm. break down the script into a schedule and then based on that make a budget. Uh, so that's now I'm very glad for uh, working on a lot of projects and a lot of different roles. So I have a sense yeah. of all, many of the departments. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, they, what yeah. they're doing and what they need. And, yeah, I, I, and I'm similar in, in other ways. I think it's really really good to have that so you basically you've been like a runner and you've been like a, mm. an assistant and you've been like a an assistant ad in mm. in some ways and uh you you drove people around like so you were like a transport yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. In, in transport section as well and 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 the camera crew yeah okay so we've covered that and uh but then again that's where we have like a um an advantage of being in sweden i guess I've been talking about this on the podcast before, like the differences between working in different countries. And we are a little bit more loose are mm. we, when it comes to people's uh, roles. And uh, you could actually be told, hey, can you be this today and help mm. out with this? Yeah. Whereas in some countries or in some regions, like maybe uh, United States, for example, it, it wouldn't happen because it's a bit more... Uh, yeah, in. I've heard. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard in America uh, that you it's illegal to do it. You can't do it because, because yeah, yeah. of the union. You yeah, can't yeah, like, yeah. a photographer are... can't go up and just fix something on. Uh, no, no, the, no. You can't touch something that doesn't well, uh, belong to your. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, acceleration, but 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 I've I've heard the same thing. Like yeah. it's mm. uh, now no in that sense there uh, it's better in Sweden because you can. Uh, it becomes more like a like a team. Yeah, I, I think that's the result. But and sometimes it I, I can maybe it can also be stressful at some points when you don't really know your role. I, I can sure, but so there What's is pros and cons. Be like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but for instance, you worked on uh, the the um, the English version of Wallander. Yeah. 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 So you saw that meeting between a Swedish and an English crew, right? Yeah. So and how was how was that meeting? Like uh, was there friction uh how did you per perceive the different ways of working? Uh <clears throat> yeah, well the biggest biggest difference is that uh on that production we they had uh, titles that we don't really have like production yeah. designers and they have mm. like a head of all the departments yeah. so they have like an extra person above mm. and that was pretty cool to see like and they also the the person that bear the vision of that department yeah, yeah. and 
and we often combine that with uh, with other titles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it works in Sweden, but that was pretty interesting. But uh, I, I could feel that I don't know if it's just especially for BBC, but it, they were m- so much more organized than mm. many of the mm. features I worked on. Mm. Uh, and maybe that's because they had more money. I don't know, but it was like, and it was great people. I mean, the uh, the first AD was the first AD from uh, Band of Brothers, mm. and some of them had won uh, Oscars, like some of the producers. And I mean, it was I mean, it was Dude Mantle who was the photographer mm-hmm. who, who won for Slumdog Millionaire. Right, so, right. so I mean, it was it was like the top of mm. <laughs> of the industry. Mm. So that. Of course, that makes a difference too. Like they're really experienced uh, in big productions. But now I felt like the meetings, like with that first AD, I never. He was so precise and he was so he was so organized, and it was really really nice. It was like almost it was almost like art. (laughs) You know, it was almost like it was so. uh, It was like a symphony. But uh, it was really hard. It was a hard production because we were just shooting for 20 days, a whole feature. Oh. <clears throat> so that right. it was... But I felt... Yeah, I felt like they weren't that stressed, the English. Because all the Swedish were, were, mm. had like a picture that they would be, be something special. Like they were... Oh, the English are soon coming! Like they were invading. Oh, they had the image of uh, yeah, yeah, and it was just the opposite. They were so kind and they were so professional, and they were. It was like no problems with them at all. Okay, yeah, yeah. We had like this. Oh, they will be like this and that, and it would be so hard with them. (laughs) (laughs) They were just opposite, uh, or in my opinion and experiences with them. What were you doing on that production? I started as a uh, PA. And then I also took on some of the transportation. Yeah, driving actors and such. Yeah. Mm. So, and also fixing. I was just like, I don't remember like how that ended up being that, but people just came to me with small stuff. So, <laughs> oh, my door is not working. And my, I need a new computer. I need, you know, no, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I can be that guy. Uh, okay. Well, that's yeah. what a part of it, but it's mm-hmm. just like, uh, but it was really interesting. I really enjoyed uh, watching the way the BBC people worked, mm. uh, or the, the the crew from England. It was so inspiring to see, like, uh, see that machine. Yeah, it's really different from Swedish productions. Mm. So, I mean, it was also in in Sweden. We don't have these big trailers for actors and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah, <laughs> and that's just an economical <laughs> yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're lucky if you get the, like the the lounge area of the makeup trailer to hang out in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I but I, I know I remember the director. He actually liked that because it become more close to everybody. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. more yeah. democratic in one way. But mm. I mean, I have nothing. In particularly against trailers and that actors want to have their space but i mean it's sure. i think there's pros yeah. and cons with both there is um i mean it's good for us actors to have somewhere to retreat to if we need to but it's also it can create that sense of us and them and that's not good mm, you yeah. really you really you, you want to feel like we're all a team of filmmakers and mm. we try to get the, the same piece of art made so we're not enemies or anything it's not like uh and, and i think some 
both uh, crew and uh, an actor sometimes can have that feeling like, uh, well, we are this and they are that, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> and never shall the twain meet, you know, <laughs> and that's not good. It's uh, no, it's it's a collaboration. Let's be a team. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree with that. But so during this period, you said you were making short films and uh, and so on, but you've never really made any short films that have been. Uh, you, you know, published or went around on film festivals that much or like that? Uh, we, we made a couple that uh, made it to some film festivals. And mm-hmm. we got also funding from uh, the region, like film region funds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we made one uh, about a guy dating a corpse. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that was a strange... Well, I actually read a article about the worst criminal in Russia's history. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. they did a raid on him, he had corpses all over the... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he had like this fantasy where he was speaking with them. It was like a whole whole mm-hmm. life in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, of course, it was horrible to read, but I immediately saw the comic <laughs> in it. <laughs> and I was like, at some point he must have had a date with one of the yeah, corpses. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on in his So mind? I wrote that when yeah. we had like a story supervisor uh, at the film school and and we were just doing this kind of a workshop and I was like, I'm going to write <laughs> a short film about the guy. And at that time, uh, we had uh, Rahan or Ray, we call him Ray, mm. uh, the director of my film now. Mm. Uh, he was uh, he was the teacher at the film school. Oh yeah. So we were uh, we were meeting up with him and pitching the idea, and he read the script, and we are starting to talk about this uh, uh, script, and we were starting to add some. Maybe you should do like this. Oh, we. We're thinking alike when it comes mm-hmm. to the story, and then uh, two years later we made it together, like uh, got funding for it, and we uh, we shot the film, and and it made it to I don't, I don't remember which film festival. I think it was Ulmio Film Festival right, yeah. and Fantastic Film Festival maybe, mm. and then we made one uh, film that the director wrote uh, about uh, because he's from uh, Iran and. Uh, he wrote uh, like a film about the differences between Swedes and, uh, or, or um, I don't really remember. It was like neighbors and they hated each other, but mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. met and they didn't see color or something like that. Um, uh, and that film almost made it uh, into the schools to be like a kind of a uh, education uh, film. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't know that. We didn't know that at the time. Mm. I, I figured out it 15 years later when I w- went to a cinema and I met with, she has like an anti-racist um, film festival. And we were talking, getting to know each other. I started to tell her about the films I made. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, you send that to me. And I, I said, yeah, uh, I remember. And she was like, I've been working so hard to get it into schools. I didn't even know about it. It was like okay. this Kafka kind of or like parallel worlds. <laughs> That's cool. I'm going to call the director and tell him. And we were like... Yeah, that's pretty cool. And we never okay, yeah, know. Yeah. You would have known if it had happened, but since it didn't, yeah. Yeah, she put on done so much effort to try to make our short film into okay. the schools. And we didn't know. Okay, I guess she didn't want to get your hopes up or something like that. She never told you. All right. 
until oh, then. she sold it and we didn't know that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another good example of somebody, you know, you met early on and you still have as a collaborative partner, uh, Rahan, this uh, director. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you you realized even back then like oh we we think alike we can we can work together mm. and uh, yeah because you've been trying to do several projects uh, throughout the years uh, together like you you always had this as a uh, as an obvious thing like yeah we're gonna do something together that's uh, we we are the creative team mm. Mm. yeah yeah we we uh, like the short films all the short films i i made with funding and stuff like that mm-hmm. i made with him yeah. except one i made with another director uh, and how did that go <laughs> <laughs> well it was actually the first film that made it into the fine film festivals the gothenburg oh <laughs> never, it was, okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> but that was actually because it was like uh, a drama a really heavy drama about the father who is an alcoholic and his child tried to get his intention he never gets it mm, and and you know yeah, it was yeah. a, it was a nice story but it wasn't the genre i write or ray write in oh, okay, so yeah, i think yeah. like that's I don't know. Maybe we we made uh, horseshit. I don't know. But maybe that's also tells like where we are at in Sweden. Like what kind of films that makes it into the festivals? Yeah, often. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. we want to make mm. uh, entertaining short films, mm. and uh, and many of the festivals wants like this kind of more art yeah. films. And sure. So uh, so after that, I was starting to write dramas. No, I missed joke. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, but uh, then we uh, we started. Well, we we have written one feature together, which Solid Entertainment here is uh, handling, trying to get finance, and we have sent it to Swedish Film Institute mm, and the, mm. the the region, the Film Region Fund. Yeah. We also started to develop a horror feature in Swedish, and never really. It never happened. Nothing happened with that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't get any money and attention around it. So, and um, then I started to do other stuff. And uh, like I started to not let go of film, really, but I, I was starting to think about it. I went to Australia for a year and stuff like that. Mm. And then time goes on and you have this, uh, <laughs> you have this dream that mm. you want to make the feature, yeah. the feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the first uh, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I can say for me, desperation works as a motivator. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a good one. It's a yeah. happy one. So I grew older, and I started to think like it's now or it's never because yeah. I can't like pretend that this dream is reality or you know like it just becomes like a bubble I mean, one day oh, yeah. i'm gonna do yeah, yeah. will just do it then yeah, just yeah. do your feature or whatever it is you just do build your porch yeah Don't you, usually what it. are you waiting for because it's just yeah it's a classic yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a cliche the time is now yeah you're never going to be ready no no you're never going to be ready so and I actually like the the script was uh, f- the shooting script was uh, finished uh, two weeks before the shooting, so mm. you're never really ready <laughs> for no, anything. No. But um, no, so uh, so I um, uh, I got an uh, uh, idea for a, a script. I started to write it, and then I had started like b- back in the days. I really liked this. Uh, one location or few location films mm. with few actors, like mm. this low budget. And many mm. filmmakers have started out that way, like uh, Blood Simple is uh, the Coen mm-hmm. Brothers. It's yeah, just yeah. like, th- I think, three or four 
main uh, location. It's just a yeah. few, and they, they're just coming back to locations. It's really smart written, that script. Like, they're coming back to locations all the time. Yeah, and a lot, lot uh, of it is two actors uh, a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just like, and also the Varkovsky siblings, they mm -hmm. made... Um, uh, bound. Yeah. And it's also like two apartments and a staircase. Like, mm. so I was inspired by that. So I um, I wrote a feature a feature script uh, about the mayor in Nightmare. Mm. Mm. Uh, that creature, mm. uh, or I think in America they know it as Incubus because it's similar, but it's. Oh yeah, from the medieval but it's terrain. yeah, but it's a folklore kind of thing yeah. that we have yeah. here at least in Scandinavia. That the mayor comes and rides you during the night. Yeah, like, yeah, that's why you get nightmares. Yeah. So I wrote that, but I was also in a period where I watch a lot of uh, film from the seventies, and they can be very strange, like "Don't yeah, Look yeah. Now" with Donald Sutherland. Mm. And I tried to like, <laughs> I tried something new. I tried to write that kind of a film mm -hmm. that "Don't Look Now." Mm -hmm. And I must say, like, and then I contact Ray and I said, like, because we haven't really worked on a project for many, many years together. Mm -hmm. We were like, yeah, we're doing other stuff. Yeah. It's like, I have this idea. Mm -hmm. It's just one location. It's just a couple. And it's about the mayor. And he was like, oh, he was, uh, okay, well, let's make this. And then he said, oh, do you do uh, Philip, the, the actor? I haven't heard from him or he hadn't heard from me for years, many, many years. But we get, uh, got to know each other in Lulio at... Uh, when he was on the actor school and I was in film school. Mm -hmm. He also into this kind of producing and so calling up and and renew our friendship. This is Philip Hughes. Philip Hughes, yes. Mm. yes. Uh, yeah, you know him too. Mm. Uh, and uh, also some of your guests, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're in the same agency. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's at true. The moment, yeah. That's true. So we become like the core group at that time, like uh, for this project. And then I wrote the script and we had like a first reading and I just realized how pretentious bullshit script. I, it's the worst script I ever written. Right, it's yeah. the worst. And I, I can't really master horror. I really want to write horror, but I can't master it. It always goes wrong when I write horror. Do you realize why? Yeah. Well, I actually have a horror idea now that I think will work, but maybe I, I'm uh, I'm fooling myself. Now um, it's just like I write kind of a ba like a drama as the base, mm. and then I put on the horror, but they have to um, intervene at some yeah, level yeah, yeah, and sure. and changing each other. Mm. But I just write it as two different. Uh, uh, levels in the script, so they really never. Aha! Um, uh -huh. It's like two films that that coexist, but they don't really mingle. Yeah, and mix. It's oh, just like. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So that's also what Ray said about that script. It was just not only pretentious; it was also bad written. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. you, like, you can stop helping me. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, and then I, uh, I had another idea because we didn't want to give up this uh, idea of making a film, one location film. Mm. Oh, I forgot to tell also like what inspired me, the spark to this was that I watched Buried with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, 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 sure. And I thought before I saw it, uh, I, uh, I thought that 
this would be the most boring film I've ever watched. <laughs> that was my uh, that was my uh, what I felt about it when I read the synopsis. Uh-huh. And uh, I watched it, and it was like the first half an hour. It felt like five minutes. Mm. It has such a movement. It was mm. so well mm. written. It was mm. just like action taking place in a fucking cuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I go yeah. like, this is incredible. Yeah, for those who don't know, this is a film that's taking place entirely in a coffin because this guy's buried. And that is, of course, you know, a very doable, makeable film in that way. But you have to write it very well. Yeah. You have to perform it very well <laughs> yeah. to, yeah, but to make I, it interesting. But when I watched it, I was like, you could have made this film in a garage. Yeah. Sure. You could have made it. But mm. it's like a $5 million dollars budget and mm. i felt like r- probably four million was to ryan reynolds uh, paycheck <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> maybe mm. I, i don't know but it was felt like of course there was some advanced shot in this uh, coffin but mm. uh, it was really inspiring and then i watched the film must be some vfx and stuff like that that to make it work I yeah i think i think you could work around it if it was a low budget mm. yeah, of yeah, course yeah. you can yeah. choose other shots shots But yeah, there was probably a, a VFX into it. But uh, then I watched Lock with uh, Tom Hardy too. Yeah. It takes and place I, in a car. Yeah, it takes place. Right? And they shot it in eight days. Oh yeah. The, and um, and it's just him and a phone. And that's also like it's the same in the coffin with Ryan Reynolds. It's just him and a phone. <laughs> in in Bury, they actually have like three scenes where he actually sees something on the phone there's a little scene in there mm-hmm. with somebody yeah, yeah, being yeah, okay. tortured or something like that i don't remember mm. but i mean that doesn't matter it's yeah. still like a but you would have to shoot what's on the phone yeah that's what i mean yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's actually another location yeah. mm. uh or maybe it was shot five meters from the coffin i don't know yeah sure <laughs> if, it's, if it's easy it's easy yeah but so that's how i thought when i uh Oh, that that started a spark in me. Mm. Like, I I want to write that movie. Mm. I want to write that movie. Like, that's that's going to be my first feature. This is doable. It, and I, so that's why I wrote this with the mayor, and it became pretentious and and bad. And then I wrote another one. It's just five characters on a private own uh, owned um, island, and it's a dark thriller. Mm. And that became the best script I've ever written. Oh yeah. And it's a low budget, but it's not a zero budget. No. So I wrote it, and and also Ray said, like, we can't make this with zero. We need a little bit of money to create that suspense. We can't, like, rush through the film. Yeah, and you need to see an island, or at least get the feeling that this is on an island. So you need a location. You need some, yeah, or or a series of locations. You need to be outdoors and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's still, like, yeah. It's still a complicated project, yeah. Mm. But it's in that framework still. Like, if we had a lot of money, it would still be a low budget. Yeah, but it's not well, your first feature, but it could be the second or third or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's that's a keeper. Like, yeah, I got yeah, that yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, but it's just interesting that the previous <laughs> script was like the worst I've written, and then I, I don't know. It was just like something unlocked. I heard a producer oh. in a podcast saying that like right. 10 feature scripts and then you understand what writing is oh yeah, yeah. and sure. i can say that's yeah. true for me because yeah. that was like my eighth script and and i mm-hmm. it just unlocked mm-hmm. it's like now i start to really understand the foundation of writing a, a film script 
And then I used that, like, and then we had a lot of meetings about this and we weren't really sure to make it or not. And in the end, we decided we can't make it now. Mm-hmm. And then I had a third idea, which is the film we actually shot. Mm. Uh, and that is, uh, the title is Among Stars and it's uh, a language, uh, English language sci-fi drama. Um, and it's also, it's just taking place in a spacesuit, the whole film. Mm. Uh, I can actually pitch the film. Pitch it. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, but it's about, uh, the main character is Jerome and he's a space engineer. And the film starts out with him uh, repair a ship. And, uh, and there's an accident which creates a, an explosion. And the shockwave from the explosion shoots him out into space. Mm. Uh, only wearing his spacesuit. And he lo- loses his uh, ship in the flames and everything. Uh, and then the whole film takes place, like him, him calling um, back to Earth, uh, to his company, and he learned pretty quickly that they can't help him. Mm. They're out of reach mm. with ships. But then he gets in contact with a, uh, a space captain, Arthur, and they're starting. He maybe will make it in time because his temperature starts to uh, decrease. Uh, yeah. um, but at the same time, he also has his family, his wife and daughter back mm. on Earth, mm. who he's got contact with too. Uh, recalls and before the explosion he he lied to them a really a really bad lie uh-huh. uh, so in this extreme situation uh, that lie surfaced so yeah I'm not going to say more than that no but it's a very <laughs> you want to see this film you know yeah okay yeah thank you that's yeah good to hear <laughs> yeah I started to write on that uh, that story, which actually was an idea for animation. I just wanted to make a short 10 minutes animation, like a stop motion. Yeah, 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 so yeah, I actually yeah, have a yeah. half-built uh, spaceman yeah, yeah. in my home. Mm. And, I, and that was a little bit different because I wanted him to go through all these five stages when you have a death sentence. Mm. Like, so he, like shock and depression and acceptance. And denial and, and yeah. yeah. And so and he bargaining. would just have like yeah. a mm. radio contact with a space uh, captain and go through all that be- before he dies. But now it became something completely different because it had to suit the uh, feature length. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, uh, I started to write that and we started to prepare for, uh, we, were, we were like, we, we're going to make this film. We're going to shoot it. Mm. And, um, and unusually for... Uh, at least Sweden, you decided to do this all, all by yourself with your own money. Uh, you haven't really applied for any grants or anything like no, that. No, nothing. Like, because you probably realized this is too niche and too genre to actually get any funding for this, probably. Yeah, well, <clears throat> the thing is, there's a lot of different uh, levels of why we decided not to look for funding. And one of them is it's, it's in English. Mm, yeah. It's a sci-fi drama. As you say, it's a genre we don't usually do in Sweden. Mm. And there's every shot is VFX. Every shot is with green screen. Mm. And we have uh, also like uh, spaceships exploding. And we have, there's, a, there's a, a heavy amount of VFX. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was really easy, like in that framework of shooting the film. But now we are entering post-production. And that's like, a, that would be a long journey. 
But anyhow, we <clears throat> the reason we didn't do it be is was because uh, you need a distributor or a um, sales agent if anybody else is going to jump on to your project, or uh, like traditional wise, mm. uh, there is probably exceptions to this. Uh, and I was in contact with distributors and uh, sales agents, and they wanted to see something we we have made. And we haven't made something for 10, 15 years. And we sent, I sent it to one uh, agent, and, and they replied like, this is in the wrong, because the director had made like two um, episodes uh, of a zombie show on uh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. And it's just like five minutes, mm. and it's not that much dialogue. And this is a completely different genre. Mm. So they said, like, they, they like the photographer's showreel. But when they saw that it's good, they said, but it's not, we can't see the comparison to what you, what your script is about. No, they, they know that yeah. it's probably going to look good, but that's it. Yeah, yep. we had nothing. Yeah. And then also, I work at the cinema. Mm. To, to pay my rent. Mm. So I didn't have the time to just like throw out applications. It takes time. It's like yeah, a yeah. long yeah. one. Yeah. So we had, a, yeah, we didn't. But, but some people actually think it's cool that we are off grid making this film. Okay. They couldn't understand like, and I met a couple of people. What the fuck would you do that? Yeah, it's <laughs> just like when you try to do something independent, people get so nervous about it. It's just like. Okay, but are they know. threatened in some way? Like. You could do this? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, because the, the, the financial um, method is that it's a back-end project. So everybody who works on it invests their uh, paycheck, and then they get paid. Every time we sell the film, we just share the money. Mm -hmm. So you get like a percentage of the budget. And then, then every time we will sell the film in the future, uh, we all share the money. Yeah, yeah sure. So we own this project together. Yeah. It's All a gamble, of course, but... Uh, yeah, everybody knows the risk. So mm. people have done this because they, they like the project and it feels like everybody uh, sees that it will also gain something for them, like knowledge and experience and stuff like that. So so we I started to write a script and uh, I, I wrote it uh, on uh, weekends and on my spare time. Mm. And uh, I'm... The way I work with script is that I need, I'm very um, dependent on, uh, on feedback. Okay. Mm. Uh, or dependent, I mean, but I, I like feedback because it always starts a new way of thinking, especially if you have problems with one scenes or a, uh, an act or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's why it's good to have such close collaborators. Yeah, and we, we actually send it around, and, and the director, he knows a dentist mm -hmm. not far away from here. And he had so, <laughs> he has such a great feedback. Okay. <laughs> it was but just he, like, what? Nothing, he's not involved in the film industry. Not at all. He's just gone for being a dentist, and he has his okay. private clinic. And he has, I want to read the script, he said, because, and, and, he, and he did. And he had like, you have to fix this in the end. And he was just like, our savior, because it's like, now it makes sense, the fucking script. Okay. So he's a tooth doctor and a script doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Because actually working with teeth and uh, working with scripts are very similar in some respects, <laughs> because, no, I can't make that work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a long shot. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, okay, wait, okay. So actually, writing scripts is like pulling teeth. Hey. There we go. 
<laughs> yeah, you need to be a little bit sadistic mm. when you write scripts <laughs> towards your main character. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't and as a doctor, you can't be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm pulling your yep. teeth. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is. Now, uh, and I, I, for the first time with a script, I hired a uh, script doctor in Los Angeles. Mm. And she was really good. She was really good. She gave me a three uh, pages analysis of the script. And mm -hmm. then we had an hour to brainstorm. So that was really helpful. And I think I found my, I found my way to write scripts. Uh, maybe that will change in the future, but I just like, now when I write, it's, it's something different. And I never rewritten a script uh, until a shooting script before. And that was also a process with this. Because I was written oh, you like... You never got that far, you know? No, oh, okay. no. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like right. three drafts or something like that. If you work the way I work. Yeah. Like with the rewriting process. So um, that was pretty cool. And I, I learned so much stuff that way. And... Um, but we, I wasn't finished with the shooting script when we started the pre-production. So that was really... It was an, an intense period of time because I had to produce and production manage and rewrite mm -hmm. and you know call people to <laughs> jump jump on board the project and uh, you had to lock probably what you need in terms of sets and uh, props and things like that because you couldn't you know, make something up a couple of days before and like, I need another suit. Or what, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, no, yeah. no, definitely. No, I, exactly. Well, the suit, uh, we started to build pretty early. We got in contact with uh, a guy who, uh, a prop master, mm. uh, and he's really, really good. Uh, and uh, then we also started to build the uh, interior of the, the cockpit. Mm. And we actually built that a couple of months earlier. So it just stayed in the studio because nobody was using it at the studio. It's a luxury, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And that's because of Corona. Oh, because yeah. it wasn't a studio, okay. it was just like a, a hall, like a ballroom or something like okay. that. Okay. <laughs> so it was just empty. and they <laughs> Not were Not a soundstage in any way. No, 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 uh, nothing like that. We had to make like a temporary uh, green screen studio in there. Okay, yeah. And it was in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Because they, and it was really interesting because... We had to find that balance because the director has three children. Uh, he has a family there mm. in, in that uh, village or what you say, like uh, okay, yeah. society. And uh, we decided to shoot it there because he was there with his family. And we can also mm. stay in his house because he has a lot of extra rooms. Uh, of course. So yeah. There was a lot of yeah. uh, benefits being there. Yeah. But what we didn't really realize was like they have this Astrid Lindgren uh, theme park. Mm. One of our, I, our most famous children's author. She yeah. she invented Pippi Longstocking and so on. Yeah, yeah Pippi Longstocking, yeah. And, uh, and there, usually during uh, the summer, there's a lot. It's packed with people mm. in Vimmerby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, because of Corona, it was just empty. There was yeah, yeah. nothing. Right. And the, the owner of that uh, ballroom, he was like, he's an entrepreneur. He mm -hmm. owns a lot of stuff there, like business and, uh, and houses. So he was just glad that we wanted to make something, uh, make an attempt to a project uh, during these times yeah. of Corona. So he mm -hmm. was really engaging. And, and he, uh, he invested also like his ballroom 
into the projects like everybody else. Uh, okay, okay, nice. So, uh, and, and half of the crew, <laughs> four people, mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lived in, uh, there, there was also uh, rooms to stay in. Mm. So, uh, so that was really great. It was yeah. a perfect uh, location for us. So the full crew was like eight people? Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, sometimes, like a couple of days, we were more. We were like uh, 10, 10 people. Okay. Because we had a uh, set designer uh, came by a day. Uh, to mm-hmm. fix something, uh, the and like finishing, and uh, then sometimes we had like two readers on set at the same time. So. Mm-hmm. But be- between eight and ten people, that's what we needed. Yeah, uh, and of course, I mean, in the best of worlds, we would have twenty-five people on set. But now it was our first film, and we. In some ways, it's more manageable to be fewer. In some ways, yeah, I, I found yeah. found that myself on my. Uh, most recent short film project and uh, but yeah uh, <laughs> but i'm thinking um i'm thinking of what i don't know if you know the uh the youtuber uh dan merle who's a, a film critic and a film expert and so on and he he has a saying that you can't make a film you can't make a movie uh, because he probably tried a lot of times and it's like e- e- no it's almost impossible so <laughs> yeah. to, to actually manage it to actually do it it's uh, yeah it's a, such a big yeah. undertaking and you can tell through your story about it that well this is very fortunate and this was hard and this was very fortunate as well and this yeah, yeah. so it's uh, it's a combination of luck and skill and perseverance yeah. and all that stuff because we, we had another place before that one Oh yeah, which was just like a farm farmhouse. Mm. Okay. And during the f- shooting, we the director took me and just like that's the place. And we were like, we would never have finished the film in that. Okay, it was like knowing, like we didn't know really what to expect because we never done anything like this. Mm. So now with the with the result, we were like, or like now when we know. You know all the problems that we would never arise. finish the film. Yeah, there. We would have. just like crash and burn. What would have been the the problem? Well, because we were in, they had a hotel there too. Yeah. In the in the ballroom, and there were people there. They had a staff that helped us out with stuff. Also. Okay, okay. So they wasn't yeah. wasn't a part of the team, but they could like lend us uh, tools and everything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and we were like, it would never happen in that. Okay. It's just like we had to have like these temporary toilets and everything there. It's just like never ever it would end. Right. Okay. Now you actually had a place that could work as a restroom and trailer and makeup and yeah. all that. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, uh, but we had a lot of problems on set. Like day three, I didn't think that we would come back with a finished film mm-hmm. because. Uh, yeah, well, well, it was first of all we changes. I, I built uh, the interior lights in the in the helmet because nobody, we didn't have that role in the team. So I was like, right. there was a lot of things I did yeah. that I will never do again. So I say Producer that like scriptwriter did the actual lighting of this. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, and I had to like order stuff from Amazon, like these LED lights and things like all these technical things so i say like mm. i've learned a lot of stuff that i will never use learning by doing yeah yeah and i will never i will let's see you never know <laughs> yeah hopefully maybe one day but 
And when the first day when we... Uh, no, the first day we actually shot uh, the interior of the cockpit. And we, uh, and then the second day we started to shoot um, uh, the suit, mm-hmm. the space suit. Did you then also almost shoot it in um, in uh, uh, the consecutive order, like the, the actual order of the, yeah. the scenes? Yeah, more or less. And we, we, we were lucky in that sense because we... Uh, the the wife and the daughter in the film are the wife, are mom, uh, mom and daughter, but wife to the main character uh, is actually mom and daughter in real life too. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we were really lucky because the mother, uh, the the actor who played uh, Heather, the wife and uh, mom mm-hmm. in the film, uh, Lila Duvon, uh, she also writes scripts. Besides acting, oh. and she's a co-owner of uh, Gothenburg's uh, film studio, oh, so she has yeah. a lot of experience. Mm. And mm. she was so, and she uh, she was so uh, excited by the, about this project and the script. Mm. So she took her whole family to Vimobi, okay. and we rent a uh, house for them. And right. that was like they said, like we haven't been out uh, because of Corona. So that was like vacation for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just in the forest, and so that was real nice. She, she read all the parts in the film mm. so uh, the mm. actor philip could uh, uh could act on that yeah so that was really i mean we, we were it was hard to make this film like any other films but we had we were really lucky with the people that uh, has been attached to the project because it's really it's really good it's a really good team yeah um yeah like you said you have philip hughes uh, as the actor uh, once again another one of your uh, collaborator for a long time, like you, yeah, just like uh, Ray, the director. You knew we were we we're gonna do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we do our first film, it's is us. Yeah, you know? yeah. Back to the uh, the suit. Uh, so when we it took more time, took hours to dress the actor the oh, first yeah. time because it was so many things. It was batteries and there was cables and everything. Mm-hmm. And then when we finally put him on set and uh, the, uh, the cinematographer looked uh, in the camera and he said, I'm sorry, we have changed the light from warm to cold. Okay. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I have to kill you now. <laughs> That's the rule. That's the rule. <laughs> yep. So you he's not with us anymore. <laughs> I've been watching too much Vikings the <laughs> last couple of weeks. Right. So, now, you ha- so you had so you had more than one cinematographer. <laughs> yeah, I always have like a yeah. they're waiting in line. Mm, right. Now, but uh, that's stuff that happens. It's typical film. It's there's was so much things to think about. So anyhow, so we had to take out all the lights again, and then he had to make small strips of blue light. Mm. And when we did that. All of a sudden, the LED lights became very, very warm. Okay. Because it, before it didn't, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But it they became don't, like some some of a reaction. They don't admit, admit heat otherwise. Well, they did. All right. So all of a sudden, we had this fog on the in the inside of the visor. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we managed to take a couple of takes, but then it's just like in the end, a couple of, after a couple of hours, he could just say like two lines, and then it was just fogged up. You couldn't see anything. And right. that's where the problem starts. Um, and uh, you usually have fans in those spacesuits to Yeah, we had counter. that. You but did, it didn't yeah. really it didn't really help. And then we were like, are we gonna do audio 
ADR on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, we can do that, but yeah. then it's like the post-production be, be even more heavy. Yeah. So it was back and forth and back and forth. And uh, day three, we had one day, we were one day behind uh-huh. a whole day. And if you shoot, we shot the film in 15 days. Right. They, that's yeah. a lot of uh, yeah, that's scenes. Of, yeah. <laughs> and we worked over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, day three, when I went to bed, I was thinking, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. This, this will, this will, we won't finalize this shooting. Yeah, you and couldn't see it be able to be. No, I, I couldn't yeah. see. Like it was just fucking up all the time, and I was. Uh, it was such a headache. And then in the morning, the, I think in day four, the photographer he had contacted a set designer, and she said, "Take one drop of uh, a dish uh, detergent." Yeah. yeah, and then just um, just rub the inside yeah, of the, the visor with yeah. the. And that's what the thing. All right. Because then it the, all the fog was just like liquid. So so you see, saw through it. You didn't uh, you didn't see it in the in the camera, or in the monitor. But when you took off the helmet, the whole the inside was just wet. Yeah. Okay. But it wasn't like droplets. It was uh, in it was, even film. All of a yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Okay. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And the thing is, I watched Tenet, and in the beginning of Tenet, they're mm-hmm. wearing uh, gas masks. Yep. And they are all fogged up. Yep. <laughs> so they didn't know about it. They didn't know. They didn't. <laughs> so I know something that the team. We know something that the team at Tenet didn't know. Well, he might actually like to have this fog on it. I could see the struggle in the pictures. I could see the struggle they had. Yeah. Well, because some of them was just like the actors probably see. struggled. Yeah. <laughs> I could solve that for you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but actually, I, I I had to drive from this from set to another city to get like this anti fog for hockey player that they use in on the visor and oh. also uh, motorcycle uh, visors. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work. It didn't work. So I actually chased a couple of uh, a couple of bikers on a uh, petrol station. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait. Wait, and they were like, are you going to shoot me? <laughs> no, we are making this project. And we have probably, they can just see the insanity in my, in my uh, eyes. And, uh, I don't think he sells angels, no. I don't. <laughs> and they were like, do you know a store? Do you know? They were like, no, we're not used to that. And we're just passing through. But maybe you get, they were like, we're just passing through. We're not from here. So please just leave us alone. And they were like, <laughs> so, so you kill them? Yeah, yeah, I also kill them. That's the rule. There's a lot of. So how many? How many? Uh, what's the death count now? Of this film? <laughs> yeah. Well, Five. it won't be the same team next film. <laughs> of course, they're, not. All, they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. They're somewhere beneath the ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the telltale heart. <laughs> the, the floorboards of the ballroom are starting to. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I will be remembered as you and the cruel. Ah, okay. Or just the killer. Johan the Merciless. Yeah, that's that's, good. that's catchy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so um, well after that we uh, we it was pretty easy in comparison to the four or three. First Just because days. you solved that one detail. Yeah. yeah, and I could sleep during the night. Right, <laughs> and and it's fun. Like you think like because me and Ray were the director we were talking before the film and like like what am i going to do during the film like everybody has a role oh you will find out yeah exactly <laughs> it was just like we have forgot how to make films so i i became like some sort of a prop 
I don't know the, the real role for it, but I, I just had uh, all the tension on the suit, just taking oh, off yeah, the yeah, helmet. Yeah. I was on set all the time, just just managing the suit, like uh, because there was all this cable through down into the backpack, and mm. there was all the li- I took care of the sound cables a lot too, like and. And all of a sudden you step on a microphone, like a small microphone, and then you have a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody's yelling at you, and then you go back to normal. After. Uh, it was, and I had to wipe the visor all the time also, because after a while, uh, a while it didn't work with the... Sure. Um, I have several questions. Let's uh, Where should I start? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a link. I'm I not going to kill you. Okay, good. <laughs> so you don't have to... <laughs> Okay, the, the podcast interviewer doesn't work. I have to kill him. <laughs> That's the rule. That's the rule that I just made up. But um, yeah, but I just realized I had to mention a link because, uh, like you said, every shot is a VFX shot in this film, and so that is a big big deal, of course, to deal with in such a indie uh, project and such a uh, low budget in the grand scope of things. And um, but we also we have mentioned this project before on the podcast because we had one of your VFX guys as a guest, uh, Jacques Jagerman, mm, b- yeah. b- back uh, last spring, and we mentioned this project uh, in passing, uh, uh. and we actually talked about the visor situation from his point of view. Like he would probably prefer not to be a visor at all and do it. Uh, oh, with, yeah. with CGI, <laughs> yeah. that, so that was a, 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 yeah. a talk. Uh, That's at one a point. lot of job. That would have been a lot of yeah, a lot of work. But I mean, work yeah, it's yeah, a lot you, of work. But you would also not have the problem with lighting, glare, and all that stuff. That, uh, that probably Jack would would kill me if that's. But if he was sitting with the vice now and make it. okay, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> it's right. the opposite. Like I have to kill you. Yeah, it's right. a rule. <laughs> But, but uh, so, can you talk about that? How his company uh, got involved, and how uh, and how that works? Like, uh, because you have this uh, VFX company, and they're doing everything when it comes to post, don't you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, almost everything. It's changed a little bit okay. because um, yeah, Jack, Jack is not going to do all the VFX as okay. we said before. Uh, so we will. Uh, uh, we need to uh, uh, attach more VFX people, okay. and we are about to do that. I'm going to make a presentation and stuff like that to to because it, it was just it. too much. I guess. Yeah, and he got also full time work at Frank Valiant here in Malmo. So we just realized oh. like he won't have the time as he had before. Uh, no, and when I talked to him about like the the uh, the actual work and the uh, the time it takes to do VFX stuff I mean you wouldn't have a movie in five years yeah probably <laughs> probably so it's, so it's I mean I think it's for the good yeah, to yeah. to to have more people I think uh, uh, so but he's still doing a lot he's doing simulations and uh, and uh, other stuff on the project yeah uh, so he will w- that's a lot and also rendering stuff and yeah. But now uh, I, I work, as, uh, as I said before, on a uh, cinema uh, to pay my rents and stuff. And it's a fun job. Mm. And then we had like one guy there who was a volunteer. Uh, and he, I heard about Jack before that, but it was too early because I had nothing to show him, not a real, like a script I wanted him to read, stuff like that. But uh, then he, he 
and he's a photographer, he's a filmmaker, also this volunteer, and we, and he started to talk about this new post-production house in uh, Lund, mm-hmm. which is not far away from here, and where also the cinema is, mm. um, where I work, and and he he uh, told me that they, they're doing everything, like they're doing VFX, they're doing uh, grading and uh, editing and sound design and also compositing, yeah. oh, compos- uh, compositing, no, not compositing, compositor, there's a compositor, is it, yeah. composer. Composer, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh my God. We're gonna, we have to redo this. Compositing and composing are two very different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just I speaking, you know. Like, it's just like, just saying out. things. <laughs> yes. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm going to cut the words together into functional sentences. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Really train on failing. Uh, yeah, so they have also a composer, which is the same person as the sound designer. So he said, like, and, and I was like, yeah, that's I've heard about this, and uh, and I've heard about Jack, but not the other guys, and that sounds mm. really interesting, and and of course that's interested for the project because they haven't done a feature in that with their those roles and mm. in the in their new company. So I told him, uh, don't don't tell them about me and the project because I want to wait, and then. A couple of days later, we worked again. And he said, I've told them now about your project. I was like, come on, man. It was exactly the opposite. <laughs> it didn't matter. So I, I had to... <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, actually, this is like a, a, a parentheses, a side story to this. Uh, like it, the, the film world in this area is, uh, is so small. Like, like everybody will know about everything yeah. all the time. And actually, this company, you're talking about your VFX company or... Uh, or post company uh, rather uh, and i mentioned that i'm doing a short film right now uh, like i think yeah. 3 days after we shot our editor and um gaffer and so on yeah he knows somebody at this company so he went there to just say hi to him and he mentioned oh i shot this thing uh, with peter uh, during the weekend and he was like yeah we saw the the material it looks great like why the fuck did you see the material? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, because the cinematographer went by the, the day after and like, look what I shot. So, <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a big family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it didn't. I mean, it was just a fun thing that he couldn't bear uh, yeah. not saying. Like, right. Because we were also looking uh, during that uh, when we were working, we were also looking a lot of uh, behind the scenes from other sci-fi films and stuff like that. So he was eager to tell. Mm. But then mm. I, I went there and uh, I met the guys and I pitched the film and they were interested. And then uh, we kept contact and then, um, uh, but now now I just want to say that uh, Jack is not a part of them anymore. He's oh, not yeah. a part of Flask Post. He has his own Maze VFX. So yeah, so they, uh, d- and now we're, uh, yeah, we shot the film and now we're, uh, we're going to work with them. And this will be our first feature for all of us. Okay, okay. Yeah, because they have been working on the commercials and all that kind of stuff before. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been working on on, uh, on feature films, but not with these roles. So it's a debut uh, for almost all of us. Uh, except Solid Entertainment invested with all the equipment, mm-hmm. uh, and they have made a lot of films before, oh, yeah, like oh, Anderson yeah, yeah. Magnus. Yeah. Uh, and also the camera they invested. So that's really that was really, yeah. We couldn't have done it without that, mm-hmm. of course. Who Although, shot the film? Uh, Niklas Karpati is his name. Right. He uh, filmed uh, 
The Queen and I, a famous documentary, I think it's worldwide famous. Uh, yeah. But uh, an Iranian girl confronting the Iranian queen mm-hmm. for what she did yeah. to her family. And he also, he shot a lot of TV, he shot uh, public service TV shows, uh, big ones. Mm. Uh, so he, he was very experienced, but he'd never shot a feature. Okay. So he shot a lot of TV and big documentaries so and stuff like that. This is also his first yeah, feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's pretty cool too. Yeah, like it's I think really it's, cool, yeah. Uh, uh, they're very talented. I've seen their short films, everybody, and I, I mean, it's mm. just we just needed to come together and make this one. Yeah, and I find uh, that really interesting when it comes to your um, your journey here. Like, okay, you have been working on short films and stuff, but you kept that in the almost in the film school era world, and then you've been very stubborn with I am going to make a feature film mm. very soon. Maybe it's this feature film. No, okay. The, this maybe uh, no okay this so you haven't really decided to uh, okay let's fall back and just do a couple of short films here and then no you, no no you, you you had your sights set yeah uh, when I started to write features mm. then I was like I can't go back and it wasn't like I like the the short the format and it's, it mm. can be sometimes harder than than a feature script to write mm. Uh, mm. or for me it can be that. But it's just like every idea I come up with now is a feature idea. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so I, I'm yeah. just in that mode. So I, I, and also like you, like you said, of course, it's also um, that I had that goal. Yeah. To make a feature. Yeah. Yeah. When do you think uh, this film is going to be done and uh, released? I think the post production will take more than a year. Yeah. Definitely more mm. than a year. Maybe oh, yeah. one and a half. So maybe next summer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Summer uh, of 2022. I think that's probably... Realistic, yeah. Yeah, realistic. Mm. But we we will see, like, we, we need more people, like a handful, but it's just like, if we... I don't know how many more people we need, because you can get, like, generalists, too, who mm. makes a lot of different kind of things when it comes to VFX. But if, yeah. if we just find uh, specialists, then we need more people, of course. Mm. But we will see. We have a, uh, we call one here in Malmö next week and see if she's interested. And uh, yeah, I think it's really doable for yeah. more people. Because I, I didn't know that before, but I realized that one of the main reasons why people uh, go into VFX uh, is because they like fantasy or sci-fi. Uh, yeah. So when you come with a, I think like if, if this was a... Uh, another film and the VFX would be like, can you rebuild this modern building or something like that? You know, like, yeah. can you change this one? Or can you just paint out the building in the background and all these shots? Exactly. Or something like now that. we come with like, can you build a 3D uh, model of this uh, spacesuit? Mm. And they go like, hell yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. Exactly. And I didn't know yeah. that. And mm. it's like, and that's fun because then mm. I know that the people will, it's not sitting there and sweating and swearing and they go like, ah, oh, all these virus and yeah, wires. Yeah, yeah, I hate this. No, no. Yeah. no and they will do something that they, that will gain their career or something else like, hopefully, like they can show, like I, I built the, yeah, the space. Exactly, exactly. That's what you hope for. Yeah, so, uh, what is your process when it comes to, to writing a script? My process, yeah. 
Well, I uh, I knew this question would come, so I've been thinking about it before. Good. <laughs> it was an <laughs> obvious I one, yeah. Couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It's just blank. Yeah. I don't know my process. Now Which my means process. I have to kill you. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong question. That's the rule. Yep. Uh, I would say my process is that uh, when I come up with a film idea, it's uh, often in a situation. Let's say this situation: we're sitting here and we we're talking on a pod, and maybe you say something or I say something. And go, oh yeah, yeah, that's a great scene or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I, because I realized that I have a, uh, a good uh, association uh, ability. Yeah. So then I just starting to try that idea or that scene. Yeah, yeah. And then I starting to build something, and then it, it becomes. Uh, so often I, I would say almost all my films has come from that like some situation or i think maybe many are working like that but i know some writers who work the opposite that they they come up with a theme first and then they want to explore that but i i it never works for me i try that and it's just like it's just blank i need that uh, little spark that starts to grow all right so Uh, you have a situation and then you build from that yeah but the situation can be the turning point it can be in the, the end of the f- yeah, thing yeah. Can, anything sometimes i just come up with that's a really great ending of a film yeah, yeah okay and then I and that's a difficult one so it's probably good <laughs> well, to oh, yeah, yeah but it's let's actually, work backward from that. <laughs> yeah yeah but i uh i listened to a, a podcast where they interviewed a guy from pixar and mm-hmm. how they work in their scripts room uh, like when they're just uh, brainstorming mm-hmm. and sometimes they start what he called a super freak and the super freak uh, it's a long story but he calls it the super freak and that's what the char- main character has learned in the end mm-hmm. so sometimes at pixar they go like oh like yeah, yeah, start with the what the finishing like what is the what is the result what is the develop of the character and mm-hmm. then it's starting to work backwards yeah, yeah, yeah. so when I read uh, listened to that and heard that I uh, like oh yeah that's sometimes I work like that so people do that too yeah so that's good but uh, well that's my process and then I um, I'm a big fan of the book uh, Save the Cat by Blake Snyder mm-hmm. first time I read it I became almost like baptized so I was Okay, fully, religion. Yeah, yeah, it really was like this is the this is the thing. Like I got all the answers, but now I'm I'm more uh, soft with that or chill with. Mm, like yeah. I, I'm using different kind of uh, storytelling tools to create uh, a story mm. because all stories have their um, uh, needs. Maybe. Yeah, needs, mm. and uh, you can't have one recipe for it. Mm. But I, it's always a book I go back to. Like how how like. Often when I meet a problem, like how was it here in this area of the or this mm. after the midpoint? What's and then, then I get and I, I use uh, I use uh, those storytelling books as inspiration more than a uh, as rules. Yeah, or templates. I, yeah, 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 templates. And yeah. I just go like, how can I solve this? There's something wrong here. It feels slow, or it feels like the pace is or the momentum is wrong. And then sometimes you read a couple of books or something. And then you an article like ah okay that, I could try to use that or then you start to solve the problem, but uh, but I do uh, follow a couple of things from that book and that is the beat sheet. Mm-hmm. I, I I create 
the story with post-it notes. Mm. And then I have about 40 for a feature. And sometimes if you... What I, what I realized with film is that the first 30 minutes is always the same uh, in a well-structured film. And then the, the rest can be a more... Like you can shorten the other parts. But the first... like To the first turning point, it's always like about... 20 to 30 minutes. Mm. You can't really change that. That's okay. what I, that means. You built the story, you introduced the main characters, and then it can yeah. be a bit more loose. Yeah, then you can like shorten other yeah, yeah. parts. So, uh, so that's what I do. And then I work with that until it feels like I have a story. Mm. And, you co- and that's also what he writes in the book, and that's true, because in the beginning I have a little bit of a perfectionist, um, uh, as mm-hmm. many of yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. have. And that can also stop you sometimes. And, uh, and he says, like, don't work on the beat sheet too long because it's ha- a lot of stuff happens mm-hmm. when you start writing. And that's, that's oh, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I write, and I write the first draft often takes two weeks, maybe three weeks to write the first draft of a film. And then I go back to uh, not another kind of a beat sheet. I make, like, a short script. So I write down all the scenes in two sentences what one sentence what happens in the scene and one sentence what i want to tell with mm-hmm. the scene mm-hmm. and then i do that throughout the whole script and then i use that for rewriting uh oh yeah so you don't lose uh, sight of what's going on yeah, yeah. it you get, give you like an overlook mm-hmm. and also like you have to define whatever scene uh, and that's that's how I like to work. And then I do that of every rewrite, every draft. Mm. I always make a new, and that makes me also read and and try to yeah stuff happens there in that process mm. because you have to define every scene. Right. Uh, and sometimes I mean, of course, there are scenes that you just like. It's just a feeling that you like it, and then you mm. can't you can't just. I can only write what happens. I don't really know what I want to tell, but it's just like a great film and it takes oh, the yeah. story. F- Do they, the, the, those scenes tend to be the darlings that you have to cut and kill? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> but sometimes it's actually, since it also is still in the script, mm. because it's just like, I know I, I read about Steven Spielberg that he never analyzes his decisions. Okay. It's just like it Goes just with comes. The feeling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just an organic. Mm. We should have that this kind of lens here, or mm, you can't yeah. really tell why, but it's just like it gives that feeling. Uh, well, he's uh, on a level where he don't really have to do that, so he don't have to explain himself. Because <laughs> sometimes you, yeah. you're in a situation where, like, your collaborators will be like, "Well, why? Shit, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I can have a reason." Yeah. Uh, but you, I mean, if you look at the behind the scenes when he makes like uh, describe the scene, people are just standing quiet in a circle around him. Yeah, and then they just do it. Yeah. So, of course. I mean, I mean, he's one of the greatest. So why would you question him? Yeah. Well, but, anyway, but if you're a director in Hollywood, then you are the god on the set anyway. So no, almost nobody will question you. No. He wants to do. Okay. Are you sure, Spielberg? <laughs> <laughs> Could I possibly suggest no <laughs> kill him? I worked one day with Spielberg. <laughs> Never, I got fired. So, uh, and I never think. 
when it comes to my process in writing scripts, I never th- think too much about the theme in the beginning. I just try to create mm-hmm. a story. And I never have like a- agendas. I don't want to... Sometimes people are like, what do you want to tell with this story? One, one guy, he read a script and he was, when he was, sat down with me, he threw the, he just punched the script down into in the mm-hmm. table. And he was like, I'm getting angry when I'm reading your script. I'm like, okay, it's so dark and I can't get what you want to tell, what you want to teach people. I was like, I don't want to teach people anything. It's just a story about people. You just want to take them on a dark journey. Yeah, some of the scripts, some of the uh, lighter, but I mean, right. still, it's just like I don't have a conclusion for people how they should solve problems. I just make a, a film, or I just write a script, <clears throat> uh, and then it's up to you. It's yeah. like I don't know. It's, it's you don't want to like, answer the questions for them, really. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to have a strong theme that yeah. is interesting and uh, and then all the character is uh, representing that theme in in different ways. Yeah, okay. And uh, like you said before when you had written that script that was a, a horror film but but it didn't really marry with the, the drama side of it. Mm. Do you think it's important to know what genre you're writing before you sit down to write it? Oh yeah, yeah. For me, it is. For me, yeah, it yeah. is. I, I define that uh, uh, f- for me beforehand. Sometimes it changes, of course, because it just takes a slightly another turn. Mm. Like the 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 thriller, I'm gonna make that more as a horror film, okay. without any unnatural things, but just like the violence. Yeah. Mm. I say it's like a a mix between uh, the silence in my Bergman's film mm-hmm. and the Chainsaw Massacre. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. And I want to combine that, like the the theme of the the silence, not the not the feeling of it, mm-hmm. but the theme, and also like the violence are going to be like this raw. It's just a family, and mm-hmm. one of them mm-hmm. starts to kill the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. So, um, yeah, and then you go like, what do I want to? tell what this story. it's just an entertaining dark mm. thriller uh, and it's exploring a very dark side of humans that's what it does yeah and that can be interesting in itself yeah yeah i think so like what do you what did they want to tell with uh, chainsaw massacre i mean it's probably just like, something if you dig into it but uh also, if you start digging, you will find something that exactly. might not even be have been uh, the, the intention. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how many times. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Leatherface is actually Lincoln, and you go like, what have you been smoking? Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it might make sense, but the filmmakers didn't intend that. No, exactly. Uh, but if you, you you're a student and you're writing a thesis on it, then it's like. This is obvious to me. <laughs> okay, good. Well, well, that's pretty interesting when, when you've let people uh, read your script and get, come back with feedback. And they go like, oh, that's so smart, that thing. And they, and they explain something you don't understand with your own script. Mm, you go like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't thought about it. But now when you say it, it actually makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like David F. Sandberg said about uh, a thing in, uh, in Shazam. The, that I also thought was super uh, obvious. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. 
that kid is always slow throughout the film, and then when she gets her superpowers, she's the fast one. She's a, that, and that's fun because you know it's well, a dichotomy, and it was never intended. It was like we had to solve a problem because we didn't have that actress on the day, so we had to have her be slow so she couldn't have gone on out to the porch at that you know uh, oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah to funny. me it was super yeah. obvious as well um and and also you know what you try to say was something like it feels like most things have been said in different ways so maybe not be that precious about it just tell your story and then see what people get out of it yeah and, uh, you know i watched uh Speaking of Pixar, I watched their most recent film, Soul, and uh, great film. I I loved most of it, and uh, I realized while I was watching it, like, oh, they're trying to say the same thing that I'm trying to say in my short film, and yeah. with a similar theme, almost. No, not really, but oh shit no i'm not gonna worry about it because it's <laughs> no, a totally no. different story no. so hey yeah and and that's also like uh the uh the author of that uh, save the cat uh black snyder he he has actually sold compared to other uh storytelling books he has sold a lot of uh films in mm. america mm. and he says like we are just doing the same thing just slightly different and that's what producers are looking for like Tell the same thing, just slightly different, because people listen to different kind of stories or yeah. different kind of ways to ex- execute the same thing. It's all about story. the human condition, you know. Yeah, being a yeah, person, I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, but that's also a good point. I'm reading a, a book about creativity, and uh, and a, a big chunk of it in the beginning is about the definition of genius. And what that is, and what people have to get to to be known as geniuses, and that he his conclusion is that it's basically non-existent. You know, it's not a yeah. thing because there's a lot of work behind getting to yeah. that point. Even though you, if you have some proclivity, sure, but it's still a, you know. So the and what you know the thing they usually say overnight successes usually have taken a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh but That's but what he also gets to there and I've done a, a lot of research about it the same thing uh as being called being in in the zone or having flow, you know, that that balance between um something that is uh challenging but not too difficult and uh fun but not too easy so it gets boring you know you, you got to have that balance mm-hmm. it's the same thing about something you create uh that it has to be recognizable uh so it feels you know you know uh, you know what this is going to be kind of but it has to be novel enough and new enough to not be just be the same old thing yeah. so you have to walk that line that's where genius is mm. you know you mm. steal 50% of it but and then you're you're 50% original basically mm, that yeah. that mix you got to hit that mix yeah. kind of and i think you only know that when you try it out on an audience before yeah. it's really hard to like oh this is going to be the film <laughs> you know mm. you can have that feeling but it's still like i think it's hard to really and that's i think that's why you had to write all these scripts i think that producers write because in the beginning you steal maybe your 
you're not yourself, you're just mirroring other stories. And mm. in the end, mm. you just get to, oh, this is me, whatever that is. This is me. That, that's my journey, yeah. writing. Like, I tried to write this and that and that. And like, but who am I? What do I want to tell? Yeah. What do I want to tell? And how do I want to tell it yeah. in the script? Yeah. That's, uh, well, it's a cliche, but it's, it's really, I think it's really important. And that's also when you try that honest intention of telling a story, that's when you know if it's just okay. It's okay to be okay too. Of course. Yeah. But if that's genius, I think it comes from that intention. Yeah. Uh, but there's an intention and you want to tell the story. I think a, a mistake a lot of people do that try to uh, almost especially make films, but also in writing books or make, you know, doing songs or any creative endeavor, a lot, a lot of times they just want to do uh, that thing, mm. and, but they don't have anything in it. No, just, exactly. Yeah. Just want to make a film, you know. Yeah. But you know, guns. I like guns, <laughs> and there has to be some explosions. Like, mm. why would I want to watch that? You know, there's nothing. And the audience sense that, yeah. even if they really try to make something, they sense that this is a copycat. Yeah. Intentionally mm. or not, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, I think that's you go like, oh, you can't. Yeah. But it's a hard thing to realize and mm. to explore and to come to a conclusion with because, yeah, I'm not saying that I'm I'm finished on that journey, that I'm not. But I, I think like you never are. If I look at my first couple of scripts, it's just uh, I'm more honest now, definitely. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, not like because I I don't remember in what context, but I I heard if it was I read something, but. They said, like, who are you writing for? Uh, and not in the sense of producers or audience, but sometimes you have, like, a, cr a voice in your head. It can be, like, when you think about it, you're like, I'm actually writing for my father and my best friend. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And you have, like, a couple of these critic voices. Yeah. And if you can break through that, I mean, it's almost like when you write a post and you write it for Facebook and you know that you're writing for them and you get the attention and you are their slave. Yeah. But if you try that post in another forum, people will probably go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> do, you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, maybe. Trying yeah. to break yeah. out from who you're writing for. You can write for yourself, not for these critical voices or that person you want to impress or that girl you want to date or yeah. whatever it is. Who like, do you want to impress? Who do you want to yeah. convince? Yeah, so yeah, break yeah. free from that and write what you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then the audience will find you. Yeah. Hopefully, because, yeah. yeah, and I think they will if you're if you're making something honest, and you the audience will sense that even if it's a small audience or a big audience, they will sense that. And that's what I like with Bilberg. His blockbusters are great because he's honest in them. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't matter what genre, just just be honest. <laughs> Cliche. Oh yeah, too, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah it's, absolutely. Uh, it made me think, like, who am I writing for? Yeah. When, when I read that uh, article. Mm. Do you have any other uh, recommendations when it comes to how to teach yourself to be... Um, of course, you can, you can go to courses and learn screenwriting and, of course, learn the basics of screenwriting and how you format and, and everything like that. But what would you recommend to, to do to learn the craft? Which books and what podcasts or whatever mm. and yeah, all that stuff? Uh, podcasts... I would say script notes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the writer of uh, 
the TV show Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other, he has written a lot of Pixar and animation stuff like that, mm. and it's really good. It's really really good. And they don't. They are not a big fan of this structure. This. The say the the cat structure. No, they they are the opposite. So it's okay, pretty. pretty yeah, I, yeah, I listen yeah. a lot of the, uh, on them, yeah. and they. So it's really good to have that balance. Reading Save the Cat and listen to them, but of course uh, Save the Cat and. I also follow a YouTube channel called Lessons from the Screenplay. Yeah. And I looked up what his, uh, his books he've read. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I started to buy some of them, and they're really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the channel has made me break through a couple of uh, things I didn't understand. Okay. Um, there's one great with Batman and the Joker in Christopher Nolan's version that is about antagonist. And that was just like brilliant. Mm. It's really helped yeah. me. That it's just like a short clip on ten minutes or something like that. Yeah, is that the <clears> one <throat> that's about uh, how the antagonist is like a mirror of the the protagonist? Yeah. Um. And so that's a couple of. And then download uh, already made uh, films, like the scripts for them, and read scripts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm. so uh, there's so many scripts now because it's more getting more and more popular. So you can get almost. Not really, but almost anything. I mean, read uh, Whiplash. It's yeah. a great script. Yeah. And it's great language. and uh, Maybe break them down. Yeah, break them down. Mm. See, like, l- read the books that you have and uh, break down the scripts. Yeah. Uh, but also write. Write a lot. That's. Yeah. I think that's when you start to understand, like, that's when you start to understand where, where you, what, what you need to learn. Yeah. And, and he says it's so brilliant in Save the Cat. He says it's like writing, it's like you swimming between islands. Unless you know about storytelling, the, the further away the islands are and the fewer the islands are. Mm. But the more you read mm. about it, you, the more tools you know and yeah. the fewer... Uh, you had to swim uh, less uh, distances yeah, between yeah. the islands, right. and I think that's that's a good way to look at it. You don't have to use it, but you know what you're doing. Yeah, based on uh, research, many of these books are based on research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, what yeah. works when it comes to storytelling, and what doesn't. Yeah, and if you break the rules, you know what you're breaking. Yeah, like that's also good. But I would say that like script notes, save the cat, lessons from the screenplay. And uh, read and write. Mm. That's five. And rewrite. 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 Is, yeah. Is the, the big thing. Yeah. Get feedback. Mm. Yeah. That's that's one. <laughs> be open for feedback. Don't okay. be don't be pretentious. At what stage though? When you feel ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But never give. I would say do whatever you want. But I would say a tip is to never give uh, give a person a script when you know. You haven't done your best, right? Because there was one article I read about one screenwriter who wrote, I think it was uh, American Beauty, mm. and he, the title of the article is "Why I Don't Want to Read Your Fucking Script," mm. and it was so good, and I, yeah. I felt like, okay, I, I'm gonna think about that. But it's just like you, they give you a draft, and they say like, "Oh, this is draft," but I know I need to rewrite the endings. But why are you giving me it? Yeah, rewrite yeah. until you are done. You you have nothing more to give the script. Mm. Then get feedback. Yeah, and then uh, you realize, oh, I wasn't done. Yeah, and because if the person is who is about to read, he waits two weeks maybe, and then 
the person who, who uh, wrote it come back. I have another draft now. And you're yeah, starting yeah, to read yeah. maybe. And you go like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my time here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so be, be uh, careful about that. Because people don't like to read your script. No. That's default. <laughs> so don't give them crap. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, but that's really, it's, it's, uh, it takes a couple of hours to read a script and then give feedback. So, so yeah, be yeah. respectful. Good tips. You don't have anything else to, to plug and so on. It's just keep you your uh, eyes uh, out for Among Stars Among in, stars. Uh, in uh, somewhere in 2022, probably. Yeah. And then go make your film. Just do it. Yeah. Exactly. You're never going to be ready. Don't let dreams be dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for having me here. Thanks for coming. Finally. Yeah. And now you have to choose how I'm going to kill you. Okay. Uh, do I have to choose one of the implements on the table? Cell phone, cup, book. I think I'll Cable. go for teaspoon. Teaspoon, that's the uh, original one. Death by teaspoon it shall be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye everybody. Okay, bye-bye.